You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we're creating a culture of courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics such as sexuality and pornography. We're your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Creed Orm. Welcome back, listeners. Today, we are breaking the silence with Kaylee Dunn, who is a licensed social worker and an angel because she does incredible work with women, especially, but really anyone who's gone through betrayal trauma. And that's what we're going to be talking about. The question that we're breaking the silence on is what to do about betrayal trauma in a dating relationship. And is it even possible to have betrayal trauma from dating? And I love this question and it's near and dear to my heart. So I'm sure I'll have lots to say too, but I'm (laughs) so excited. Kaylee, would you mind just taking a second to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah. And thanks for having me today, Creed and Trishel. So yeah, I'm a therapist and I am in Chandler, Arizona. And my focus is mostly on individuals who have experienced sexual or emotional betrayal in their intimate relationships. And I've been doing that for, gosh, almost 10 years. So that's just really been my focus and my passion because I can see how much help is needed and how many beautiful experiences can be had and the growth that can be had in there. So I think that's it, but I'm excited to talk a little bit about dating and betrayal trauma. It's something that I'm really interested in. I talk about with my clients, but I don't really get a forum to talk about it very much. Perfect. So let's go ahead and get into it. So can we have betrayal trauma in a dating relationship? What do you say to that? Actually, before we answer that question, let's just define betrayal trauma, because I think before we can even like know if that can happen in a dating relationship, we need to know exactly what it is. And I think it's a term that's thrown around a lot. What is it? Yes. Yes. Thank you. I'm a total word nerd. So anyone who follows me on Instagram, they're like, okay, we know you love the words, Kaylee, but Betrayal trauma, exactly, can be such a buzzword and we can kind of just throw it around like, oh, I was betrayed, so I have betrayal trauma. What does that even mean? So I'll lay it down simply. So when we talk about trauma, right, we think about PTSD. Well, people who have been sexually or emotionally or intimately betrayed, it's between like 65 to 70% experience a form of PTSD, And what that looks like is the event that oftentimes you'll hear the term D-Day, that disclosure, that discovery day. It's kind of like this big event, although often there's a lot of mini moments that can be really heavy and difficult. And then after that, you might start to experience some of these things. And in the short term, it's pretty normal for anyone to feel this after such a big disclosure, but ongoing can become really taxing on your body and on your mind and on your spirit. So the things you might be experiencing would be reliving the events, kind of flashbacks, you hear that term. So it would be my brain keeps spinning through pictures or memories or things that I've imagined that I heard my partner tell me about. And and those are happening in my mind or my body might even become flushed or upset as though I'm hearing this for the first time. A second piece for those who've been betrayed would be avoidance. So like, I'm going to kind of 
bury my head in the sand, or I'm going to busy myself with things, or I'm going to try to work really hard to fix the problem, which all of these make a lot of sense when you're in this whole thing. And the next would be mood. So you may experience a lot of depression, anxiety, rage is pretty common, or even feeling really agitated or irritable or, or even manic. Like I feel kind of obsessive over buying things or my own sexuality feels hypersexual or a lot of other things like that can come out. And the last piece is hypervigilant. So just feeling like the next shoe is going to drop any minute and I feel on edge. So all of these, again, are really normal responses to this kind of a discovery or disclosure in a close relationship. Usually the research talks about committed marriage, but we're going to talk about those experiences in the dating realm. And as you know, there's a lot of other things that go with that, but that's what we mean when we say betrayal trauma. Perfect. Thank you so much. (laughs) Now, Creed, I want you to ask that incredible question because it's such a good question. Yeah. Well, I actually have a one follow-up question about betrayal traumas. Like what, what kind of trauma do couples experience with one another? Yeah. So that's a great question. And that kind of gets me to this concept of like the origin of this betrayal trauma. Attachment, right, is a big piece. So when we're attached or bonded to someone and then that deep bond is wounded, that can cause a physiological response, right? And that attachment can be wounded with things like just massive deception. And then of course you throw in the sexuality piece or the emotional affair piece where you feel like you have one big, deep connection with a person and then they're really emotionally attached to other people. Those kind of experiences absolutely can shake the system, right? So it sounds like anything that can cause great damage to the attachment in the relationship someone in the relationship can experience that betrayal trauma. Yes. I mean, I think that you're going to experience some of those feelings just by nature, whether that becomes like a massive, I need therapy kind of depends on the person. We can talk more about, you know, what I guess would put you at more risk and what that has to do with dating. Cause that is really all tied together. Okay. Well, thank you for explaining all of that. But for today, we are going to be talking about how betrayal trauma works within the context of a partner's pornography use. Obviously, that's what we talked Mm -hmm. about on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So what does this look like and can it happen in a dating relationship? Yeah. So as I was mentioning with the attachment piece, absolutely. So because this feeling of trauma is really tied into, I have this committed bond. I'm building this bond with this other person and that bond is growing and deepening and developing. And I'm making myself more and more emotionally vulnerable with that person, which is really we're practicing being vulnerable with another person. And as we continue to commit to that person, usually when the people are getting closer and closer to marriage or engagement, that's when the information starts to come up and you already have developed a lot of what you think is trust and safety with that person. And so you have a whole host of reasons why this could be really traumatizing, right? One is that this is kind of a new experience, one that you haven't had before. The attachment piece, right? I've invested in this relationship and now I've been betrayed. And then the deception of it. So really at the core, betrayal trauma is about me losing myself as the maybe I'm the betrayed partner. I start to really lose myself when this relationship shatters and things change. And so I guess the short answer of that is yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It can be. 
How do you navigate that? Because I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of discussion and resources for people who are married mm-hmm. and struggling with betrayal trauma. But like maybe you're starting to realize, wow, I have some of this and you're not married probably feel a little bit awkward to show up to a 12-step group <laughs> with mm-hmm. spouses. Like what what do you do? Yeah. And it's so hard. You know, I've had clients in this exact boat going, well, I'm not married. And some choose, you know what, I want to work this out. Let's figure this out. Let's stay together. And yet I'm still having all of these experiences. So that throws this whole wrench in. Others go, I need to, you know, part ways. This isn't for me. And I want to get into another relationship. But now this is coming right back up in my face. And so how do you deal with that? So for all people experiencing betrayal trauma, the recommendations we have, right, are therapy with someone who knows what betrayal trauma is and is trauma informed. And that's even if you're like, oh, it's not that bad, you know, it's kind of getting in the way. One or two or three sessions just to check it out isn't a bad thing, right? Just to go in and say, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. What do you think? Never, never harmful to do that. And another one is education. So, I mean, you're listening to this podcast, getting just like two drops in a bucket of information on what that looks like. So finding good resources that are talking about that experience, even if that information is usually pertaining to married people, knowing that betrayal trauma is betrayal trauma is betrayal trauma. So, you know, the people that I've worked with will say things like, oh, I feel so weak or dumb or like, why is this bothering me so much? And why am I getting so stuck? Because I'm not even married or, you know, should I even get married? And there's a lot of those questions. And so education is going to be really, really helpful in that. And the last one is groups. And like you said, there really aren't a lot of spaces where you're going to be there with a bunch of people that are also in this dating position. And yet you can still gain that fellowship, that connection that can just be really helpful. And, you know, betrayal traumas, betrayal traumas, betrayal trauma. So you're going to resonate on a lot of different levels. Maybe you wouldn't expect to otherwise. That's really beautiful. And I also just want to shout out to your Instagram as a great resource for education. And again, yeah, drops in those buckets. And that's Kaylee C. Dunn is your handle. So, and we'll link that in the show notes, but I think you're spot on. I just want to speak from my experience that the education piece was so validating for me to be like, mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> I'm not insane. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> yeah. And then I also love that you mentioned like finding a therapist who knows about betrayal trauma and is trauma informed. That's like really important because I went to a couple therapists who didn't know those things. And I was like, well, therapy's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That was a waste of my money. (laughs) Yeah. And like looking back at those years and I was not a fun person to date. Oh man. I was (laughs) so not a fun person to date, but I was really hurt. And so recognizing that like, even if you're no longer in that relationship, because I wasn't, I was no longer in that relationship, but I was still really hurt. And yeah. so that relationship kind of hung out with me um, and it kept like 
just like really showing up until I had done more work. So it is so worth it to do these things. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story because it's just so real, right? That even when, and I say this to my married people who've been betrayed too, they often think, I mean, understandably, well, if I leave the relationship, then it will be over and I'll just move on and find a new relationship and I'll feel better. And then when we don't, it's like, gosh, what's going on inside. And it really is these attachment wounds, these big moments in our relationships, even if we decide to you know, move through and, and not stay with that relationship, they leave a really big impact. So I love that you're sharing your story and, and being really raw there because it's so important for people to hear. So what you both are saying, both from the clinical professional perspective, as well as from the real lived experience, is that whether or not you decide to stay in the relationship or to move on to another person, you're going to have to address this betrayal trauma because either way, it's going to affect your current relationship that you're sticking with or potentially affect your future relationships also, right? So it's important in both cases to get education, get the help you need, right? Am I saying the right thing there? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of tricky, right? Because mm-hmm. when we really look at all those things I listed out, we can say, oh, there's symptoms or, the, you know, it's trauma, like it's a diagnosis. And we can also say all of those are really normal responses to being severely deceived. And so, yes, absolutely. What you're saying, Creed, is true that we do need to be seeking out our own support because oftentimes it's like, oh, well, if, if my fiance or if my boyfriend were to go and get some therapy, then we can work it out. And remembering that, you need support too, right? You need support too. Whether you stay or go, you need support too. Beautiful. So I want to know what does it look like in the next relationship? Because in dating or as you stay in that relationship, how do you navigate communicating your needs and helping the other person understand how to help you feel safe? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, I think it does. So if I've transitioned into a different relationship later, but I still have these memories and experiences of trauma, how do I navigate future relationships? Am I following that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how do I communicate that with my new partner? So in an ideal world during or after that first, you know, trauma relationship, I'll go get support, right. And I'll go to a therapist and I'll communicate with them and they're going to help me learn to really understand myself on a deeper level. And when we do that, then we're able to set boundaries around what we need and around what kind of relationships we want. Again, whether that person ends up struggling with pornography later or not, that will help you be able to navigate that with your own boundaries, your own needs in a relationship. And if you haven't done that yet and you're in a new relationship, go get a good therapist and then you'll learn how to do that. (laughs) I love that. And again, I'm just going to speak from my experience because for me... There were quite a few years where I like believed that I couldn't trust men and Mm -hmm. I believed that I couldn't commit. And it was my therapist who helped me realize that like, I didn't trust untrustworthy men. (laughs) Which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's such a gift. I'm so grateful. (laughs) And that was like really awesome for me to realize that like I wasn't broken, but actually it was like an incredible gift and it was worth it. Yeah. 
that's kind of the beauty, right? The beauty in it is that you're learning so much about yourself along the way and developing those skills. And what I want to point out too, is that even if you decide, like, let's say your fiance or boyfriend discloses, and I'm using it from the male, female perspective, but that's generalized. Obviously it can go either way, but if your fiance or boyfriend were to disclose pornography use, and that was really traumatic to you and you decide to stay that same refining experience can occur as you learn, okay, how close do I want to be to you right now? Do I feel safe? What helps me know when I'm safe? And really starting to understand yourself on that deep level can happen if the boyfriend, fiance, girlfriend is willing to do their work as well and you know, work on themselves in a way that can facilitate a healthy relationship for both of you. What would you say to someone who has a partner in a dating relationship who has experienced the betrayal trauma. Like mm. that partner hasn't experienced it themselves. Okay. But the other person has, what would you tell that person that hasn't experienced it? <laughs> that they can, I guess, learn how to navigate that compassionately with their with partner. In that relationship. Okay. I'm following. Mm-hmm. I think I'm following you. So, so we're saying, okay, let's say a guy has been betrayed in his relationship with his ex-girlfriend and now he's in a new relationship with his current girlfriend or fiance or wife and he's still having these betrayal trauma responses yeah how mm-hmm. can she best help kind of facilitate that relationship with him okay exactly so ultimately that comes down to we all come into our relationship with stuff that's hard and betrayal trauma is one of them. You're going to notice, right? Some jealousy, like you're going to notice periods of disconnect, periods of reconnection for that person. It again, can be a really learning experience in that relationship. And absolutely, right? Compassion is needed for both people and there needs to be space for both people in any new relationship to process through life and connect to one another and bond and also individually do our own work and come to understand ourselves and our spirituality and all of those parts that that grow on our own. I love that. I feel like compassion is one of the biggest things you can have in a relationship, right? And so my next question is, what would you say to anybody who has experienced betrayal trauma? What do you want them to know? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. What I want them to know is that you're not alone. You're not crazy. It's really, 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 really hard and scary. And you want it to just be over right now and be over with, whether that means the really over or just, can we just turn back the clock and pretend this never happened? And that's normal. And that there is a way through if And when you're ready to lean into what looks like the chaos and the mess of this. So when you get ready to, and there's no timeline, but when you get ready to go, okay, I want to learn more about me. I want to just lean into the fire. It's going to be painful. It's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to have to work through a lot of my stuff. There's absolutely a lot of hope and healing and future bonded relationships when or if you're ready, that that hope is there. Beautiful. Thank you very much for sharing that. I think that'll having those reminders is so important for, for anybody who experienced this betrayal trauma. They need to know that there's this hope. And I love what you just shared. I think it's absolutely true. Yeah. That's kind of what we're looking at landing on is a place where we know ourselves, 
enough to be able to communicate that with somebody else and let them know what's going on. And hopefully for those who have a pornography struggle or an issue, you may be listening going, oh my heavens, I'm not going to be honest with my future girlfriends if this is what's going to happen to them. But so I want to speak to that a little bit. It's so hard because you know, when you are someone with an unwanted sexual behavior that feels compulsive, especially, or it feels like you just don't, can't get a handle on it. Yeah, it is really scary. And you do want a healthy bonded relationship as well. Like that is what you want. And you find yourself dating someone and you love them and you're connected to them and you're like, gosh, you know, there's a lot of misinformation too. Well, maybe if we just get married, then it'll go away because X, Y, and Z. But ultimately, honesty is always the best policy. So making yourself aware that not everyone is ready for a relationship with someone who is struggling with pornography, and that's okay. And that sometimes the people have a trauma response, but they are ready for it. And they still want that. But the longer you wait to tell someone, the harder it's going to be. And I don't necessarily mean like date one. Hello, my name is Bob and this is what I'm going through. But once there seems like there's some safety in a relationship or, you know, a little bit of, okay, this I'm interested in pursuing this person more than just hanging out a couple of times, honesty really is going to get you closer to your goal as someone who wants to be in a connected, healthy relationship. And also, of course, do your own work that's got to be a part of it and navigate that more with your therapist too, right? So reaching out to a therapist, if you feel stuck in your pornography use and saying, Hey, I want to go on dates with people. Let's figure out when and how to disclose this information. Cause that's going to look different for every person. I just want to say, amen. Like that, like <laughs> that's so, so true. And I think we've talked about this. We had a podcast where we talked about how to talk about pornography, when to talk about pornography mm, in a dating relationship. Yeah. And I'm going to say it again. Do not wait till you're engaged. Do not wait until there's more mm-hmm. pressure on your relationship to have this conversation. Yeah. But also don't have it on the first date. Like, don't be that person. Because there needs to be that trust like you're talking about. And there needs to be that. But the longer you wait, the harder it is. Yeah. I mean, and you have to look at it this way, right? The longer you wait, the less agency you're giving the other person to make the decision so that they want to make for their life. So if I'm going to hide this important part of myself, that's, that's really on your mind all the time that I look at pornography regularly and I'm going to hide that I'm really taking away that other person's agency to decide what they want to do. And that's not who you want to be. That's not the kind of relationship you really want. And I know it's really scary and you may lose out on some relationships that you really wanted and they wouldn't have turned out well. I can almost guarantee that having held back the information, it wouldn't have turned out well. Beautifully said. Amen. That is so, so true. So, so true. Kaylee, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah. You know, I appreciate what you guys do for one. You know, I went to BYU and it was really just kind of like, right before people started talking about it was when I was in my undergrad and I was trying to talk about it. (laughs) People were kind of like, you weirdo, why would you say those words? And professors, I'd be like, Hey, can we do research? And it was kind of like, "Mm, I don't know, you know? And and so I love that you guys are doing this work and spreading this to dating aged 
young adults. And so if you're listening to this, I just want you to know, I know we talked about some hard stuff today, but you can do this, right? This is life. Life is hard and you can do this if you're willing to be vulnerable and be real and be honest and lean into the fire and follow your own path, but do it with support from people who've been there. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. You rock. We are going to link a couple of resources that she's mentioned, her Instagram, and she also has a Facebook group, a free Facebook group that you can join called Awake. It's a community of women primarily who have struggled with betrayal trauma. And that's a really great resource for navigating your relationships. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with at least 10 people. Please help us reach more young adults by going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals. And the ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard on this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.